0: This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show.
1: Touchdown! Kansas City! Damian Williams runs to immortality!
0: Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com.
1: Addison Patterson. Wow. Sounds like something in a poetry slam, Dave.
0: According to Jim is your home for the McPherson Bullpup. Jayton
1: Alexander with six, crosses over, drives in, drives to the basket, shot is good!
0: Good! Good and one! Everything happening in the sports world. And the Chiefs Kingdom has firmly planted its flag on top of football's highest summit. And even some things not happening in the sports world.
2: I've always had trouble with my hammy and it's just been, it's kind of chronic. And there's just really nothing I can do about it.
0: Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Chicken.
1: Let's do this thing. Another edition of According to Jim right here on 96.7 FM, KBBE, or for those of you listening online, worldwide at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner. Joining me is always the most popular man in the entire city of McPherson, And no power out on this guy, Mr. Steve Sell. Steve, good afternoon. Good afternoon. No power out for you.
2: No power out. So we were off the air for a little while today. We were off
1: the air for like eight hours. We got
2: fried. The lightning fried something out at the transmitter, and our uh, engineer, Sean, went out there and got us back up and running. And fortunately, we will be able to broadcast bullpup basketball. That's right. That was a little nervous there. Uh, You know, we were a little nervous that... you know, if we couldn't get it fixed for a while, that
1: we didn't know what we were going to do. That's but you, right. But you had a plan. But oh, we had all sorts of plans: Plan A, Plan B, Plan plans. C. Yeah, we always have contingency plans here, Steve. But this time, I was not feeling good. <laughs> I went, "Oh man, we got fried out there. This is what we're going to have to do." Yeah. Oh my gosh, what's Mitchell going to do? You know, there's nothing we can do. We had
2: we we appreciate everyone calling up saying, "Are you know you're off the air?" Well, yeah, we we know we're off the air, but we do appreciate the people that that care enough to call in just to make sure that we we,
1: we know we're off the air. But, the only but, time that we wouldn't know would be like at 4 a.m. Right. And nobody's going to answer the phone anyway. That's right. By the time Mark gets in the car at like 5 in the morning, he knows. Yeah. Because <laughs> he'll turn on the radio, and if it's off, then ooh, yeah. probably not good. Yeah,
2: not good. I didn't even hear the rain, lightning, thunder. I was told it was quite the uh, uh, performance well, Barry by Manilow Mother Nature.
1: Sang a song kind of like that. I made it through the rain. Well, I did made it through the rain. I didn't
2: hear one
1: thing last night. I,
2: I, I went to bed.
1: What are your thoughts on Barry Manilow?
2: Barry Manilow. Yeah, you
1: in? No. I've been singing Copacabana all day. I don't. I don't know why.
2: I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm not. I'm not. Barry's not one of my favorites. You gotta remember, I'm. I'm a hard rocker from the '70s.
1: Her name was Lola, though. Yeah, Steve. but but <laughs> I'm a hard rock. You know,
2: I'm a hard. I'm a Zeppelin guy. Hendrix.
1: You know, you don't think Barry has a little a little heavy side to I, him?
2: I don't. I don't think so.
1: If they did a Led Zeppelin Barry Manilow combined tour, would you be in? I would probably be in cause and just, you'd, and you'd sit through Barry Manilow I, I for would the first wait hour. For, I, yeah, I would. I'd let Barry get, get in. yourself a cocktail and sit back. That's that, right. That, that, that's then, how you. And then give it. me give me a little Stairway to Heaven. Yeah, there you go. I think Barry Manilow would do a really nice cover of Stairway to Heaven. Uh no. As she's by in that stairway. He could have a little doo-wop to it. Anyway, Steve, we've got a busy, busy, busy week coming up. We have state tournament basketball tomorrow afternoon in Emporia. The state tournament across the state is getting underway halfway today. Right. There are several sites that are, well, every site is playing today. They just alternate whether it's boys or girls. So who's playing today? 6A Girls down in Wichita at Coke Arena. 5A boys in Emporia. We'll have all sorts of updates from that and a ton of great games there. 4A girls in Salina at the Tony's Pizza Event Center. 3A boys in Hutchinson at the Sports Arena. 2A girls in Manhattan at Bramlage Coliseum. And then the 1A boys, including the Little River Redskins, around in Dodge City at United Wireless Arena.
2: And I'll bet you anything, Little River eats well today.
1: I bet they do too. Win or
2: lose, they will eat well because the father of Dogball, Roger Trimmel, is an assistant coach for Little River, and no man knows the best places to eat like Roger Trimble.
1: We've got a ton of things to talk about with state tournament, and I want to get a full breakdown on the 5A Girls State Tournament with the Bullpup Girls taking on Baser Linwood tomorrow afternoon. It will be the opening game at 3 o'clock. They're the number one seed. The Bobcats of Baser Linwood come in with a number eight seed, and they are 16-6 and six on the season. But Steve Sell, ton to get to. Number 1, did you see the the big highlight going on or the big news story going on throughout the day yesterday?
2: I was a busy man, I didn't see the big story.
1: You do, but you're lying. You've seen it all about how some of the conference tournaments are trying to figure out what they're going to do right. with this coronavirus. Yeah. And the Ivy League, who kind of infam- infamously was known for not having a conference tournament until like 2 years ago, they decided they were going to just go ahead and cancel the conference tournament take the regular season champion, and give them their automatic bid to the national tournament. Then you've got other cities across the country that are saying, okay, we're going to limit crowds to 1,000. San Francisco is one of those where they will not allow a crowd of more than 1,000 people to gather, and that is including Golden State Warriors games. Right. So I don't know exactly how that's going to work. I have heard conversations about the Big 12 tournament, trying to figure out a plan. So I don't really want to get into everything about the coronavirus because I'm not a doctor. Steve is not the Surgeon General. Which, we, don't, we don't know anything about it. But you know, you know how scared I am about the coronavirus. But my question is, this is just from the sports side, what are we going to do? What are we going to do about the big event that happens next week? Is there a potential that you realistically think... They are going to play these games with no people in the stands. Do you think that's going to happen? Yes. So what are we going to do? How is this going to work? I think what's going to happen is
2: that they're going to play the games. They're going to have officials. They're going to have TV people. They're going to have radio people. And then maybe just give a certain small allotment, like whoever's playing that particular game, give them 500 tickets apiece. You think they'll even do that that many? I I don't they're they're saying that no more than a thousand people at a gathering, so I mean it's going to be, I this is no joke and maybe I you know I, some people might say I'm overreacting, but the coronavirus is the worst thing I think I've ever encountered in my lifetime. As far as <laughs> I'm not kidding, no, I,
1: I'm it, I'm it just seems like a bold statement. There's been a lot of things that have happened. Well, in your life, I mean Don.
2: this is this is potential, you know, this this could shut down. Everything. Though, is, well, right
1: now it is. Yeah, as we know it. But I don't want to talk about that. I just want to talk about what the plans are for sports. I think... I think what they, do we do? I think they would
2: limit the number of people. I think they would... You know, I will say, we played without the World Series one year. You know, we had no World Series. What was it, 1994?
1: Right, but it wasn't because people were sick no, and but couldn't I'm go just watch saying, the game.
2: What I'm saying is, we, we survived not having a World Series. Could we survive going a year without the NCAA tournament? And it's a possibility. I don't know. I don't know. And, if we and can I'm not survive. trying to scare people, but I'm just trying to I'm just trying to tell you like it is because you look every day I turn the TV on, the number of cases reported is going up, up, and up. It just keeps going up. And fortunately in Kansas, you know, we haven't had very many cases in Kansas, but you know, the big cities on the East Coast, on the West Coast, that seems to be where the big numbers are. But I would not be
1: surprised if you see crowds limited, you know, to no more than a thousand people. So what if this happened? I'm just I'm trying to be the sports guy here and think about sports plans. Right. So obviously we are at this point right now where the NCAA tournament starts next week. Right. So what if we push things back? What if we delayed it? Do you think that could work? We take the Kansas Jayhawk. Oh, let's, say, let's say hypothetically we get through the weekend and the NCAA selection committee says, here are your teams. And then by Monday, they say, okay, let's push this back. Let's wait until May. Let's wait until June. How does that work? How could we work that? Because there will be players I, that...
2: I don't, I don't think...
1: I let's think, just think KU here, Steve. I'm saying... But I'm, Devon Dotson probably wouldn't be on the team anymore in preparation for the NBA draft. Yudoka Azebuki probably wouldn't be on the team I anymore. Th-
2: I think there would be allowances made because, you know, there's allowances being made for other things that are not sports-related. Um, I, I, I think they would just not have it. I don't think they would push it back. too.
1: You weeks. don't think there would be any postponing? I, j-
2: I don't think there would be any postponing. I, if they set it back, it would be maybe two weeks. At the most, and if two weeks, and I can tell you right now, there's going to be this. This number is just going to continue to multiply, because this thing is spreading like wildfire. So I just think I think they would do away with it for one year.
1: So what are we going to do? What are we going to watch?
2: Well, you'll watch The Bachelor, The well, yeah, Bachelorette.
1: That might be the thing that gets Steve to watch The Bachelor, well, or The Bachelorette. It was crazy last night.
2: I don't even want to know.
1: Peter's mom, Barb. She was not happy with his decision. I'm just
2: assuming Peter is a pretty boy fancy pants.
1: A little bit. He's a pilot. Well, but... Did your mother ever disallow you to date anybody? Did you ever bring home Jennifer and she she said, said, I hate Jennifer. No,
2: she said, What? you know what girl would want to date you anyway so that's what she'd say to me well you got a date wow that's pretty good for you good for you yeah
1: good for you (laughs) my mother was not very happy with the actions of peter's mother last night on the bachelor well and she said she's crazy and i said well mom if i ever bring home a woman that is as good looking as this one you better not be mean to her you are not allowed to be mean to her
2: well, I want to hear what your friend Miss Emma has to say. There'll be she, a lot of them. She kind of seems to be the Bachelor expert. It was a
1: bad ending. Well. Really bad ending. I didn't miss anything. Well, just get yourself ready. When all the sports get canceled, you can get yourself caught up well, on several seasons.
2: Well, maybe, maybe they'll just expand Yellowstone and have more episodes of Yellowstone. Man, my I, favorite show. I don't know what
1: I'm going to do next week <laughs> if I don't get if to, wa- if I don't get to watch like you, 70 games.
2: I'm just telling you, the possibility is real because, oh, yeah. because this, this thing, we just can't get a handle on it right now.
1: Can you imagine how awesome it would have been if you had been in college and they said, hey, it's spring break week. You know, We're just going to go ahead and cancel the rest of the semester. Go on your spring break trip well, I, and then just go ahead I took and go week, home. I took
2: the week off before spring break, so I got two weeks off. And then
1: there are a lot of schools that are just saying, eh, we're going to do online classes. Yeah. Be a great time to be in college. Yeah, it would be. Say, <laughs> yeah. yeah. tough, tough day. Yeah,
2: yeah. Too bad. So sad.
1: All right, Steve. Let's take our first break. When we come back, we are going to dive into the five A state tournament on let's the do. girls' side beginning tomorrow in Emporia White Auditorium. The Bullpup girls are the number one seed and are going for state championship number ten. You're listening to Bullpup. You're you're listening to according to Jim <laughs> tomorrow. You'll be listening to Bullpup Basketball on ninety six point seven FM KBBE.
0: You are listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE, or online at midkansasonline.com.
1: We're back on this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE, Steve Sell. We're ready for some state basketball tomorrow yes, afternoon. Yes, 3 o'clock, Emporia White Auditorium, as the McPherson girls will begin their quest for 10 inside White Auditorium against the Baser-Linwood Bobcats in the opening game of the 5A Girls State Tournament. State Tournament number 33 for the McPherson Girls, second all-time, only behind Bishop Miage. And Steve, I I think the one thing that I look at a lot going into this matchup, first game for the McPherson Girls against Baser-Linwood, this is a game that the McPherson High girls basketball program, and I think in particular the two McPherson basketball programs, really pride themselves on winning. Of course, the goal every year is to get to the state tournament, win a state championship. Duh. You don't have to remind me. And of course, you want to be playing in the state championship game. But I think that both coaches would tell you they take a lot of pride in that opening round game. Right. Because it is the game that propels you into the weekend. And I think it's kind of a statement game for the programs, too. Because a lot of the times, they're playing a suburban school out of the Kansas City area, out of the Wichita area that most of the time has three, four, five, six hundred more students, and an opportunity for them to prove themselves in games like this. And I think that for both of these programs, this has been a staple win of their program, making it to the Final Four, winning your opening round playoff game, or state tournament game, against a team that, in all likelihood, is from a bigger
0: School, area. A bigger metropolitan
1: area from a more competitive league. And I think that this is an opportunity for this McPherson girls basketball team to pick up a statement win.
2: Yeah, and you look at the Bullpups' record in first-round games, I believe it's 22-10, and 10, is that correct? You're the numbers guy.
1: Well, they've, they've made it to 22 Final Fours. There's kind of a weird number because there was one year like in the 70s where they made it to the final four, even though they didn't win the first game. Okay. So they've won 21 games okay. in the opening round. I think it's 21 and 10. Okay. But they've been well, very good 20, in the opening round.
2: 20 out of 30. If it, if it was 20 and 10, that means 67% of the time they're winning in the first round. So they do pride themselves on the first game. And, you know, Coach Strathman has four goals every year win league, win the tournament, win sub state, be playing on Saturday. Its state, and uh, uh, more often than not, they've been doing a pretty good job in recent years of uh, of hitting that, uh, hitting those goals. And and uh, it's interesting. The bull pups are the number one seed, which is supposed to be the easiest road, but they don't right now. Andover Central at number two has a much easier road to the finals than the bullpups do.
1: Well, in, in terms of who their second round match would be, that's what I'm saying. In terms of their first round game, it is relatively even. All the teams that are in that bottom spot are 16-6, and six, and I think that they are relatively even teams as well. And you're right that, of course, when you have St. Thomas Aquinas on your side of the bracket, the four-time defending state champions, there is obviously a roadblock there. But I think that this McPherson girls team is thinking about St. Thomas Aquinas, but they're not focused on them. Right. Of course, you have to prepare for what that matchup will be if you get the opportunity to play them. But I think that they also, as a coaching staff, are smart enough to know there's no overlooking Baser-Linwood tomorrow afternoon.
2: And, and you know, we saw Baser-Linwood up at the Varsity Showcase. I didn't really pay that much attention when they played. They were playing Baldwin. And the I, mighty
1: Baldwin High Bulldogs. Yeah,
2: and I didn't really pay that much attention to the game because Baser-Linwood was not on my radar as a potential team the Bullpups could play at state. I just didn't you know really think of it that much at the time now i wish i would have really watched them closely i don't remember that much about them you probably do because yeah. you're laser focused i'm you know i was watching the buffalo bills and houston texans out yeah, in the great lobby game. yeah they were playing the playoff game and i was out in the lobby with your man cody the big man himself cody Stufflebean. we were out watching the you know the game in the lobby but uh um i i didn't watch baser with that much but uh, Coach stradman says they are more than capable being uh, a very good opponent.
1: Well, and they have a lot of quality wins. And when you look at the team that they beat in the sub-state finals, that's a good basketball team that they beat in Kansas City Schlegel, a team that had a ton of talent, that beat McPherson last year. And I think that's the win that has Coach Strathman perking up his ears and saying, okay, we see you now. And the other thing that goes into the state tournament being very tough this year is when you look back in the history of high school basketball, the substates have been played differently, where they break up your substates not based off of your record. Of course, you're seeded based off of your record, right. but it's predetermined before the year, and so that means that not necessarily the best teams are going to get through. Right. In this format, the best teams have the best chance to get through. Right. It doesn't mean they will, and so what that also means is there is a less like less likely chance that a eight and twelve team gets through. That a seven and thirteen team gets through, meaning that if you're the number one seed, your first round matchup might be a cakewalk. You know, I, I didn't look at any of the. I didn't really pay that
2: close attention to the records in six a, five a, four a, where this format is employed. They're all really good. I, I was going to say I don't. Uh, I don't think there's anybody that's like 6-14 and 14 at
1: state this year. The only team that is at the state tournament and it does not have a stellar record or a, I think above 500 record is on the boys' side, Blue Valley Southwest. Yeah. They are 9-13, and 13, if I remember right, and they play the opening game against Andover today. But other than that, you look at the 6A girls. Liberal, Derby, Topeka, and Wichita Heights are the top four seeds, and they are all 20-win teams. Olathe South, Shawnee Mission Northwest, Olathe North, Olathe East on the 6A girls' side are all well above 500 teams. Same thing for the boys side. Same thing for 5A boys with the exception of just a couple of upsets that happen. And You'll, Andover
2: you, Central is I don't know what their record is going into the state, but they may have the state's best player in
1: Xavier Xavier Bell. And then you look at 4A girls, the top 4 seeds at 4A girls are all 20 and 2. So that tells you 4A girls is very well balanced. Right. So this solution works great for getting the best possible teams to the state tournament field, but it also makes the road for the number one seed much tougher. And that's what you see this year with McPherson playing a baser Linwood team, Right. where in past years, if you're the number one seed, man, it is a great advantage because somewhere there's going to be an upset.
2: Yeah. There's always going to be a nine and 13 or an eight and 14 team that slips through because in the old days, all you had to do was win two games and you know, with the with the with the uh, sites predetermined, you could have. Su- I remember I used to always. Well, I, I don't remember you remember, but I used to break down these substates. There'd be years where the best team in the substate would be ten and ten, and then there'd be three teams with losing records.
1: Right. And one of them had to go. So. And so that's why three years ago, it's a different road. Right. Where this year, it is a tough road. Five A girls is a really really good. Well, when really sixteen and field. six is
2: your worst record, I mean that's that's winning seventy three percent
1: of your games. So when you look at this Baser Linwood team, this is a group to me. Well, that on paper is not experienced at the state tournament. This is their first first state tournament appearance since 2011, and this is their sixth all time. And the thing that I have been saying over and over and over again: state tournament experience is so important. Not just for the girls that are on the team or boys on on at high school basketball, not just for the people that have played in it, but I think it is really important for coaching staffs, too. How do you prepare for state tournament games? And there's a lot that goes into it. Obviously, you have the most amount of time to prepare for round number one. You have from Sunday morning until Wednesday or Thursday to get ready for your first game. But teams that win state tournaments typically are programs that have been there and typically teams that know how to scout on a short turnaround. And that preparation does not start on Thursday night after you win. That preparation for teams that are used to being here happens in February, January, well, December, if you're, October.
2: If you're in McPherson's case, Coach Strathman, I guarantee you, he was, he's been watching all the games, you know, of five A teams, all the records, all everything that's been going on, you know, his coaches, you know, he assigns a specific team to his coaches, and what, and I've said it before, what an asset when you've got Caitlin Lecker, a former coach at the collegiate level, head coach. Shelly Prescott, a former head coach at the collegiate level. And then you have Tim Ellett, who nobody breaks down film like Coach Ellett. He is just a he's a, he's a film maven.
1: Well, not only are Coach Lecker and Coach Prescott former head coaches at the college level, they're former state champions. Right. They have been in this position as Correct. players. They have been to state tournaments. And I think that when you add that element to it, you have a great advantage. Now, you still have to go play the game. You still have to go make shots. Right. But when... You can walk into White Auditorium in a state quarterfinal matchup and have the mentality of, we have been here before. Yeah. I think that carries a lot of weight. I'm, and, and, I'm really doing And look
2: it. at how many games Cassie Cooks and Lakin and Schieffert have played, Emma Ruddle, Grace Powell, Cassidy Beam. They have got, I guarantee you, as a collective starting five, they have played in more state games
1: than any other team at state. I'll guarantee you that. Well, Cassidy Beam has played in six Postseason games: Emma Ruddle has played in twelve. Grace Pyle has played in eleven. Cassie Cooks has played in fourteen. Lake and Sheeferk has played in seventeen. Right. Postseason games. That's right. And the more experience you have, the better chance you have to succeed.
2: Oh, without a, without question. And and of course, what I keep saying about this bullpup team—they're going to be in every game because of their defense. They give up thirty-two points a game. That means to win a game, they—if they hit thirty-three. That's the magic number and more often than not because they're only giving up 32 points a game. It's a team that can regularly score 60 or 70. It just depends how the three ball is falling. I still think, excuse me, the uh, bullpups' chances are going to depend greatly on how they shoot the three because it's not like they're a prolific team in the paint. They're not very big. They're going to be giving away size to probably every team they play this week. But, boy, if they're shooting a three ball, they're almost impossible.
1: And do. if they're forcing turnovers and, and getting right. turnovers out of their pressure. And, and you
2: look at the athletes they have on defense. When you look at the, the two up front, Cassidy Beam and uh, Grace Pyle are generally the two up the, in the first two. They're tremendous. Or Emma Ruddle, I should say. Athleticism, you got Grace, and then you got Lakin in the next two, and then Cassie's the rim protector back there. They're all great athletes
1: in other sports, too. And don't forget about... Coming off the bench with players like Emma Bull Lauren Laberteau, yeah. that are phenomenal pressure and defenders. And Howard
2: gave the Bullpups incredible defense against Capen in the sub-state championship game.
1: The other games going on in Emporia tomorrow in the state quarterfinals. McPherson and Baser-Linwood, of course, are the first game that'll be at 3 o'clock. At 4.45, St. Thomas Aquinas plays May South. They played in the opening round last year at the exact same time slot. Right. And Saint Thomas Aquinas really put it on them that day. They were phenomenal defensively. And then in the 6:30 game, you have Andover Central, the number two seed, playing number seven DeSoto. And I think the game of the day on Thursday afternoon, Thursday evening at 8:15 at White Auditorium, Topeka Seaman, who is a very very good basketball team, has been good all season long against Mays, who started slow and has really come on of late. The three versus the six. That game will have big ramifications, I think, on who plays on Saturday in the late game. Coach
2: Stradman said the same thing. He he thinks this. uh, He called that game a toss-up. He couldn't pick a winner. He likes Andover Central to win its game. He likes Aquinas to win his game. And I'm sure he believes his team uh, should win if it plays the way it's capable of. It's that other game, Mays and Seaman, that we just don't know about for sure.
1: Like we said to open up this segment. This McPherson basketball program prides itself on winning these opening round games, being able to outscout you, being able to come out ready to go, not have any postseason jitters. And tomorrow afternoon, they have a chance to continue to prove that, have a chance to get into the weekend, and have a chance to make it two state championships in the last three seasons.
2: Yeah. And, you know, this team's been built to win for a few years. It's built to win again this year. And, you know, more often than not, the old saying is the team with the best player on the floor as the best chance to win. I think Grace Pyle might be the best player in the state tournament this year. She's certainly the most versatile player. When you look look at her line from Saturday night, what was it, 19 points, six rebounds, five steals, five assists. I, I think she's the best. she'll be the best player on the floor uh, in this state tournament.
1: We'll take one more break. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE.
0: You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM, KBBE, or online at midkansasonline.com.
1: Ramping up today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. Steve, we're running out of time, so we got to be quick here. But okay. looking forward to a fun day of basketball tomorrow. We'll be making our way over to Emporia, finding a nice place to eat, and then settling in for an afternoon matinee between McPherson and Baser Linwood and hopefully making three consecutive trips over to Emporia in a row. We will know the highway very well.
2: Yeah, and uh, we'll also get a look. St. Thomas Aquinas plays right after uh, our game, so we'll get a look at St. Thomas Aquinas a little bit. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they compare to last year. We know they got the outstanding uh, big player inside. Beatrice Culleton. Culleton is still back. Now, I, I don't know. I think they lost a couple of their really good players from last year. But, they did. But they've got some young ones that are really good. So uh, they're not going to miss a beat. They're going to keep on rolling. And uh, it's going to be a great state tournament. It's 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 great that you got the basically the the only team that didn't make it that you thought might would, was Carol, but uh, Carol ran into a team that's
1: that would be pl- the Carol boys.
2: Yeah, the uh, Carol Carol. I'm talking about Carol girls.
1: Uh, Mays was a lot better than them.
2: Yeah, yeah, but Carol had a good record this year, and they're a team that's seemingly always at state. Of course, McPherson took care of them last year in the sub state. So two years in a row that Carol hadn't made state.
1: All right, Steve. Looking forward to a fun day tomorrow. You bet. Stay posted at midkansasonline.com. Yeah, uh, I've got
2: a pre seat up on the on the Baser Linwood game. It's been up since about 8 o'clock this morning, so even though we weren't on the air, we were still online.
1: Wrapping up today's show, for Steve Sell, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
0: According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson,